2: you're listening to
1: satellite sisters and we're happy to have you here today I'm Leon Dolan in Pasadena California I'm a writer and producer and sisters this is the start of our new season season 22 season
2: 22 what do you think Liz what do you think I think that's really hard to believe but I know it's true because we keep counting and recounting and yes. <laughs> We started this show in the year 2000. Uh, so here we are, 2022. That means we've been doing it 22 years. I, for one, have really enjoyed it. Uh, I live in Santa Monica, and uh, but always happy to be on the line with you guys. Jewel?
0: Hi, this is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister in Dallas, Texas. I was just thinking there are probably people that listen to our podcast that weren't even born when we started <laughs> <laughs> the show. <laughs> Well, that's exciting, isn't it? That's,
1: yes. It is. It's it is. great. New <laughs> listeners. That's, that's exactly what we need. But hey, you guys, I we had a major milestone that we passed this summer, sort of in record time. So we wanted to note that this year already in 2022, we have had 1 million downloads of Satellite Sisters, over 1 million downloads now of Satellite Sisters. I mean, this show is just one in a million, list.
2: This is one in a million episodes. <laughs> one okay. in a million. I was so shocked. When I saw that number on our little dashboard, I like reset the whole thing, rebooted my computer. Is that real? Because long time listeners may know we've switched platforms several times over the course of the history of the show. And so we just started on a new platform with a new partner in January. So to already be at a million downloads makes us very, very happy. Thank you. Everyone who listens to us and who recommends to your own uh, satellite sisters to listen. Thank you very much. You got us to a million. That's right. One in a million. One in a, One million. In a
0: million. Can I say sisters, Liz and Leon? you two are one in a million too. No.
1: Okay. just wanted to say that. Okay. Just Please. put that out there.
0: All right. We know we don't really say that much, like things <laughs> like that, but I just wanted to start that show in our 22nd season. Okay. Yeah. Well put you, a little love at the beginning of the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Julie. That's very nice. Well, well you too, of course, <laughs> it's a little late now. Liz. I know, <laughs> now
1: we can, there's nothing we can say after that. That sounds genuine. <laughs> so uh Liz, you had a couple of one in a million satellite sisters you it wanted to did mention. i just
2: because we we've been off for a number of weeks and there were two things that happened while we were going gone regarding one in a million satellite sisters the first is that olivia newton D- newton john passed away and you know it wasn't until i saw all the clips of her on the news after she died you know she'd had breast cancer for a long time mm. but when you see those clips from greece you're just like Oh, my God. I love her. Yeah. I mean, Olivia Newton-John. She was so great in so many things. I had no idea again until I read these obits that that Grease is the number one movie musical of all time. Did you know that? Oh, I, I don't I, know. I, no, I didn't did know, that. know that. It came out in 1978. So let's see. I was in high school then. So I was about the age she would she would have been in the movie um, anyway. So uh, um, Olivia Newton-John. I just feel like she had such an interesting career and kind of an interesting life. She'd been struggling with the cancer for a long time. She was in remission and then um, and then it came back. Anyway, Olivia, we love you. Why I another? thought
1: it was just really extraordinary too that Everybody said what a nice human being she was. Yes. yes. You know, uh, and the whole my whole Twitter feed was filled with the men I loved in the 80s, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying how great Olivia Newton John was. So it was just like doubly satisfying to see all those cute guys from 1978 say how much <laughs> they loved Olivia Newton John. I just I thought it was super nice. So obviously she was like a super nice, thoughtful person. So yes. that's yes. Yeah, so yeah. we she, one in the million. That's one in a million. On. Yes, okay.
2: and another one in a million who had news this month: Serena Williams, uh, because she announced her evolution from tennis. So did, I'm sure you guys saw that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So of
2: I, course, first of all, I love the fact that she announces it in Vogue magazine. So that's just I just. And if you <clears throat> haven't
0: seen the cover of that Vogue magazine, go search it out because she looks spectacular. It. Yeah, it spectacular photograph.
2: Yes, yes. And what she said in her announcement. I have never liked the word retirement. It doesn't feel like a modern word to me. me. Me too, Serena. Thank you. We are so much alike in so many ways. I've been thinking of this as a transition, but I want to be sensitive about how I use that word, which means something very specific to a community of people. Maybe the best word to describe what I'm up to is evolution. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Serena. I'm also embracing the evolution. I have a major milestone birthday coming next Mm -hmm. month, which was really giving me some trouble, but you're helping me get over it, Serena, because everyone needs to evolve, right, sisters? Everyone. (laughs)
1: That's right. Although I feel like we've been doing the same damn show for really a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, okay. later on in the show, uh, we're it's just a huge breaking news story for me about Eileen Fisher. Going to tell you what that's going okay. on. Okay. Okay. Julie, you have two friendship studies. You you become sort of our friendship correspondent there. Yes, I have. I mean, we talk
0: about friendship conversation. I've got some facts and some research. Uh, I'm going to bring it to you.
1: Excellent. We're going to tell you what we did on our summer vacations. Um, also I have some new book tour dates I want to announce for the fall. And then in the C block, we had a great question on Facebook about nice movies that are appropriate for an 86 year old mom. And we have some (laughs) Up on that, uh, we have one unexpected title you might not have thought of. So, you want to okay. stay tuned for that. Uh,
2: uh, okay, so so what did we do on our summer vacations? I'll go first. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, if you insist, I would call this sort of a roller coaster summer for me. Um, ended on a high note. But as you recall, it sort of started on a low note. In May, I had a little vacation with a friend. and During that vacation, I had a reflexology session uh, with a blind reflexologist. So you feel like this is a person who's really going to understand you, right? Because it's all about feeling what's going on in your body. And she, she told me I was dehydrated, bloated, and anxious. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Those are some powerful words, Liz. Yes. Especially yeah, yeah, yeah. from someone who's not even really seeing you, Julie. You yeah, know, they're yeah. Just, yeah. just, apparently there was a lot of other evidence besides, you know, <laughs> looking at me that, that these things were going on. Anyway. So uh, I went into the summer, not in the best possible frame of mind. Uh, and then in the course of the summer, as as we've talked about on the show, I was helping to run the the World Track and Field Championships in Eugene, Oregon, or at the end of July. So that was something I was really looking forward to. But it was also. A lot of work. So I, I had gone to Eugene for something. Then I came back to Bend, and that's when I got COVID. Right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah.
0: That like, was that was a setback, close. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So a couple of weeks before the World Champs, I get the COVID, and um, and then there was a brief flurry of excitement during the COVID when I thought, oh, maybe. The Paxlovid is actually making my knee feel better. Remember that theory i floated? Yes. Yes. That that medical misinformation I trafficked in here on the show? Yeah. So uh, (laughs) I thought maybe there was something about that drug because all of a sudden my leg, which I had crushed last year, was feeling a lot better. And then as it turns out, in case people want to know about that science experiment, apparently what made my leg feel better was laying in bed for a week. That that was really... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that that's some deep work there, Liz. Yeah, yeah, some very deep work. So then I went back to Eugene for the world champs, which I have to say, I'm not taking credit in any way, but it was a triumph as an event. It was delightful. It did great on television. You probably saw a US team killed it. All in all, the fans had a great time. The athletes had a great time. Leon, you and your family came. You had a great time, right? I can vouch; it was a fantastic event. We spent four days there.
1: We watched every single minute of the decathlon and other events. Beautiful venue, great town, great fans, incredible performances. So much fun! Glad we made the trip. Thanks, Liz. Yeah, yes, great. So
2: it took a whole extra year to make that happen because you know the COVID. Uh, anyway, very happy to have that be such a success. And then I came back to Bend, where I discovered. One of the most life changing things I've discovered in a long time, and that is a current channel pool at the, at the okay. What I'll is admit it. what is that, Liz? I well, don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm about to telling. explain. At the it's at the new senior rec center in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> they built a current channel pool, which is okay. Imagine like you're walking in a channel. And the water is flowing through the channel, but with some pressure against you. So as you're walking, you sort of have to push against it to then make any progress. So for someone like me rehabbing a leg thing or if you had a knee thing or a hip thing, this would be really great. So it's like if you try Googling it, which I did yesterday to see, please, is there one near me in Los Angeles? It is not a lazy river, people. It's not a lazy river. (laughs) Oh, it could be nice too, Liz. You should try it. Yeah. yeah, and it's also not an endless pool, you know, where you swim against the current in a little box. But it is sort of a combo of those two things. Anyway, I worked out in the uh, in the current channel pool, you know, every day for three weeks, and my leg is now best ever, people, best ever. Oh, that's so, great. Right. That and, is
0: that is that is really great news, Liz.
2: Mm-hmm. So I think I've gone from dehydrated, bloated, Mm -hmm. and anxious to fluid, mobile, and energetic. Wow. All right. Liz. Okay. That's the roller coaster summer, but ending on a total high note. Oh,
1: wow. That's great. I actually wrote that down (laughs) and I use that in this week's pep talk, fluid, mobile, and energetic. I love it. I love it. All right. Okay. Well, keep us posted. I hope you find that pool. Uh, I was, I used it too, when I was in bed for a couple days and it was fantastic. It was a really fun workout tool. I yeah. have to say, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. E- even if it meant going to the senior center, I've embraced <laughs> that as well. Uh, I liked being the youngest person at the senior center. Okay. <laughs> Talking <about> okay. That. <laughs> okay. Well, I have exciting news. Uh, what we did on our summer vacation is, find our son an apartment. Actually, he found himself an apartment, but my son, Colin, After two years of living with us during the pandemic, post-college graduation, when things looked pretty dire in 2020, he moved back home. And now in 2022, he is moving out this week. Uh, He's very, very excited. He happens to be living nearby. That wasn't his plan, but um, (laughs) that's nice. That's good. It's actually here in Los Angeles. It's very, very hard to get an apartment. Uh, Housing is very tight. It's very expensive. He had sort of drawn a zone of where he could maybe afford and live. And it turns out he applied to probably 75 apartments. Wow. uh, Wow. Most of whom he did not even get a call back from, because when you have a no rental history and B you're a freelancer, uh, you're just not a great candidate to get an apartment. And he's a friend of his from college is moving down from Olympia, Washington, uh, to be his roommate. They, she's, uh, a female, but they are just friends. Uh, so they needed a two bedroom apartment, but they found one. And, uh, we did have to co-sign the loan because my friends that also have, or co sign the application because my friends that also have 20 something kids are like, there's no other way. You can't get them into a place. No one is going to take a 20 something. Yeah. So, uh, once we got hip to that, uh, things started to happen and he moves in on Thursday. He is so excited and ready I am so excited and ready. (laughs) It's time. It's a passage, Leanne, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, again, it was nobody's plan that he come home after graduation. He graduated in 2020, which was, I think, the worst year of graduations in this country. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just going to say it. They sort of, their whole senior year was just aborted you know stopped in the middle Mm -hmm. there was no there was some sort of vague online graduation he was supposed to stay up there in college and work a whole nother year like get paid to work on campus and sort of figure no He came home, you know, he's in the film business here, that was shut down. And he spent the last year, you know, working really hard as a freelancer, but uh, for every two or three shoots he does, the third one gets canceled because someone has COVID. So it's been hard to sort of get in a rhythm, but he's, he's hung in there. And I think it was... He had some some company on those days. And I feel like some home cooking. He's he's gonna (laughs) miss that for sure. That I say that to him every day. And he does acknowledge that, especially when he's on set for 14 hours a day to come home. And I'm like, here, look, I made you mac and cheese. So uh, (laughs) but you know, but other than the home cooking, he's ready, I'm ready. I mean, he he just keeps different hours than us. He's up late at night. Last night he was on a shoot till 4 a.m. I still hear every sound in the house. I need to get some sleep. So he needs to leave. So (laughs) So
0: finally, everybody agrees.
1: uh, You will really be truly empty nesters.
0: Yes. yes. You have launched both of your children. Very good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that is very exciting. Uh, There was some packing and moving in this week. They don't turn the electricity on till tomorrow. So uh, he's not actually moving over there till Thursday when his friend comes down from Olympia. But um, I tried to stay completely neutral watching two men, my husband and my son, fight over who was going to pack the van the best. That's great. (laughs) Stay out of that. Yes. (laughs) Stay out of it. And I was like, take whatever you want from the house. That was my feeling. Just take it. You have a child, your childhood bedroom. You have some, you know, real furniture in there. Take it. Take what you want. Your towels, take the towels, just take whatever you want. I'll get the new stuff. Why should I buy you the new stuff? You take the old stuff. Good point. Um, Good point. Yeah. But you know, what's funny, Julie, we've done this story on the show before that like, oh, kids don't want brown furniture and they want all new stuff. You know, Colin actually really likes antiques and old stuff. Oh, okay. So, so he took, uh, the, like I would say, he took a little bit of something from everyone. He took, there's a beautiful chest of drawers that I had from mom and dad, sort of colonial inspired. He took that. Uh, some of mom's trays he wanted to take because he <laughs> <laughs> took some of mom's trays. Mom would be so uh, well, happy. he does
0: a lot of like putting boards, right? cootery boards, maybe yes, 30 yes. those on trays. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mom, mean, that would, that would please mom so much to know that Colin, Colin. is taking some of her yes. trays, which yes.
1: she loved to collect trays and boxes. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Sheila was here this summer, his aunt Sheila, she was cleaning out her LA apartment because she's permanently moved back to New York. So he got some of Sheila's stuff. He's got, you know, some of Sheila's bookcases and a really nice coffee table. Thank you Aunt Sheila. And then he took, he likes all the the rugs that we had. And Julie, some of those rugs were yours. You remember when I was in Dallas and I guess I had a big suitcase full of books. Yes. that I brought down and I sold. So I had a big empty suitcase and you just started shoving rugs in it. <laughs> yes. Because I've lived all over the world. I've moved a lot, but you can always take your rugs. Oh, good. I'm glad that Colin has some of the rugs. So Colin, okay. Colin has some of your rugs. So I just think there's a little bit of everyone in his house, but he's very excited to move out. And we are excited to start the new chapter and to get a decent night's sleep. And to not have to put his dishes in the dishwasher. So amen. But we did it. But I feel like these 20-somethings, you know, everyone I talk to, they they just feel like they've lost a couple years of their I 20s. Know, I know. You know, and that, that starting life was really delayed or lost or we'll never get that time back or just so I, I feel like it's really a fresh, bright, new start for him. He's very excited. So that's great. Good for, that's him. So Good for him. That's so exciting. That's great.
2: Yeah. Good.
0: Well, I've been on my summer vacation. I was trying to have a fresh new start as well, because at the beginning of the summer vacation, I went for my annual physical and lo and behold, I have elevated cholesterol sisters. Okay. I've never had a cholesterol problem, uh, but uh, somehow I did. So my doctor said that I needed to tweak my diet. Okay. I don't really think tweak is a scientific term but that's what she said said to me and let's be clear it's not like i'm sitting around eating queso and chips okay no, that is I just not, not happening. happening this is just not happening but i have taken it to heart okay i have eliminated a lot of red meat uh, but here was the thing i was looking for other ways to to tweak my diet because I don't eat that much to begin with. So I had decided I would uh, eliminate my beloved half and half that I have every morning in my oh. coffee. Okay. That excellent creamy liquid that makes coffee perfect. Okay. So then I talk about it. Really, I just co- want
2: to acknowledge the tragedy of that. Okay. Yeah, you just sure. Yeah she you just you don't treat yourself to many things but your beloved half and half oh yeah it's
0: gone it's yeah. gone liz when i come to visit you in santa monica you always would get a little a little box yeah. of half and half for me okay no more yeah, yeah. So then, uh, talk about a roller coaster, Liz. Then I just went on a jag there. I tried some of that weak need white liquid non fat milk in my mo- coffee in the morning. And I just, I felt so sorry for myself, right? Big <laughs> pity. Big, yeah, big pity it. party. Okay. It just ruined the coffee drink, ruined it. Okay. <laughs> Not even worth it. Not okay. worth it. Okay, and Leon, do not talk to me about alternative milks. Do not, okay?
1: <laughs> I don't I don't I, No, no, there I'm was a bad bad me.
0: week, bad week when I went over to the alternative milk department at the yeah. <laughs> at Tom Thumb. Okay, just don't talk to me about that. Okay. <laughs> I also tried iced coffee in the morning, okay? No, you do not want a cold, sweaty drink in your hand (laughs) with the first thing in the morning. You don't. That's not what you want. Mm -hmm. And tea, okay, tea is fine if you're in a foreign country or if need to be sure that they have boiled the water. Okay. Right. Okay. So that was, I mean, now we're into like week four and I am just wandering around. I don't know what I'm drinking. And I was really in despair and I was uh, making something for dinner. And I happened to see in the Barefoot Contessa, it's her cooking like a pro book. She had a small notation where she said, Nespresso makes a good cup of espresso. I don't know for some kind of Recipe. And it just I was like, that is it. Maybe I need to drink espresso in the morning. Maybe that will be my answer because I'll get the coffee and I like the taste of espresso, but I won't need the milk product. Okay. Ooh. So I bought myself a machine sister. Oh, okay. All right. okay. I bought myself a machine. Okay. And don't even, don't even start. Okay. You can recycle all the pods. I've read about that. <laughs> I have special recycling bags, boxes. I mean, bags. So don't talk to me about that. And so, but you get them in all different kinds of flavors and strengths and things like that. And I don't think you know this, but uh, my husband brings me coffee in the morning. He has, you know, our entire marriage. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he's been bringing me all these (laughs) herbal drinks. This is
2: quite a transition for him, too.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. He didn't know what he was doing. Okay. So he had to learn about that. We had to watch the videos on the espresso machine. (laughs) And we had to, we had to, you know, we we were just... So now, sisters, he turns, he's become kind of a a barista. He turns to me in the morning and he says, do you want Intensio or Stormio? (laughs) And I'm telling you, that is worth the
1: price of the machine, just to hear my husband (laughs) say those two words, okay? (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, Julie, that is a huge transition for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all love our coffee and yes. it it is, I think, good for us. Coffee, a lot of antioxidants in there. So no shame in it, but all right. But, oh, Julie, I'm sorry to hear about the other stuff, the high cholesterol, but I'm happy you found a cup of coffee that makes you happy.
0: Intensio or Stormio, Liam. That's it.
1: Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash sisters and use code SISTERS to choose your free-for-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. <laughs> the book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews?
2: My hair, Liz, my hair from Prose is getting great
1: reviews.
2: Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that Prose hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it.
1: Well, Liz, Prose is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P R O S E. Pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. All right, sisters, I have some breaking news about Eileen Fisher. Now, <laughs> okay. okay. Here's, here it is Eileen Fisher is an actual person. Did you know that? Did you know that the Eileen Fisher line of, you know, clothing for women
2: uh, was an actual human being? Yes, I think I did lose. Leon. I'm, yes. not, I'm not sure I ever thought about it, Leon, but yeah. what, did you, what did you think that she was what like was, a
1: rocker or something? Uh, yeah, I thought she was just some cobbled together, like brand image for like, let's see, we need like somebody over 40, you know, heading into the last third of their lives, who's given up on fashion and just wants (laughs) wants elastic, just wants elastic waistbands. Okay. Uh, uh, What what could her name possibly be? Let's see. (laughs) Eileen Fisher. I had no idea that she was a real woman Uh until the New York Times did a piece two weeks ago about what they call industry outlier and godmother of a movement. She's an actual person, Liz and Julie. And she, <laughs> I can see makes- this really rocked your world, Glenn. <laughs> and what is the movement? Elastic waste <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what? No, it's it's sustainable clothing, sustainable ah, fashion. So she ah. actually has been like a really incredible boss and leader of that company for 40 years. And now she's transitioning out. Liz, she's not retiring. Okay. Of course not. Nobody yeah, does that a, anymore. She's they evolving. Evolve. Yes. Yeah. She's evolving. She she is evolving, but she has run the company for the better part of 40 years. That brand, uh, women, you know what I'm talking about. Everything you can pull it on. You can pull it over your head. You can pull it on your waist. You can drape it. It's boxy. And for someone who already is fairly boxy, all <laughs> on their own, I don't need more boxy fashion to make myself look like a mini fridge, but it's boxy (laughs) sometimes, or it's long. They do things like put pants under dresses over. I don't, (laughs) there's so many, so many layers. And the stuff is very popular. Uh, They sold $241 million worth of Eileen Fisher uh, stuff last year. She, her brand has made money every single year, except two. She's only lost money for two years, which I think is pretty incredible. Yeah, Yeah, the apparel
2: business, that's a tough business
1: right so that is part of it they they did this profile on her and like years ago she had the opportunity to take the company public and she decided not to do that instead she gave stock to all her employees she's been way ahead on this sustainable fashion movement you know she's she does has a whole brand that's called renew where you can exchange your clothes and then they make new clothes from them they take damaged garments and they make them into fabrics and so she's really been kind of a leader and i didn't even know she existed and so now i feel feel that way about
0: conde not nast i i never thought that was a person either i thought that was just two companies conde and nast oh i
1: don't think i knew that was a person
0: i think it's a person yeah 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 i think so yeah Oh wow
1: who knew? <laughs> hey, I'm, don't tell me Jay Jill is a person. Is there
2: someone? Okay, Jill. that sounds made up for sure. But I own a lot of Eileen Fisher, you won't be surprised to know. And I just feel like Eileen Fisher was always there for me in a pinch. You know, you right. just needed something that fit and felt good and looked fine. Eileen Fisher, yes. Yeah, well, you know, the stereotype of the
1: brandless is that it caters chiefly to middle-aged, upper middle class women who are looking for untroubled elegance. So oh. that's you. Liz. Mm. That's, that's you. Okay. <laughs> fluid. Isn't fluid one of your new words? Fluid. Yes. I there's a
2: lot of fluidity fluid. in yes. her, in her much, fabrics. But it also works really well, Julie, if you're bloated and anxious. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> okay.
1: I have to say this, the times I bought Eileen Fisher pieces, they are more expensive than, you know, the throwaway fashion version of it, but they last four years. They you do. Know, They yeah. they, mm-hmm. they are well-made pieces of clothing and you do get your money's worth out of them. And because, and also they have the ability to like grow and shrink with you. I would say, <laughs> I
2: would say. <laughs> evolve just, land.
1: That's evolve. they're evolving with you. Yes. I think
2: Eileen understands us <laughs> now that I know she's a real person. I see how. Yeah. Yeah so what's interesting is she's
1: turning the company over uh to a woman who's come from patagonia who also believes in sustainable fashion and uh which is pretty great so uh, uh the woman sam sorry i don't have my notes here uh lisa lisa something, lisa williams from patagonia she's worked at patagonia that for, also sounds is like that a real thing. name or is that just
0: a fake brand name
1: <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I don't know. So there's a picture of her. So it looks like she exists. But but anyway, that makes me feel very kindly and warm towards the brand now that there's a real person. She's been such a trendsetter. She has run the business her own way. She sort of shied away from ever being called a chief executive officer. She just kind of likes to lead by example and by collaboration and uh and now she's moving on. So Eileen, now that we know you exist, we wish you the best of luck.
0: Okay, best that's luck. good. Sort of a Martha Graham kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yeah. Exactly. Hey sisters, we uh, w- I wanted to talk to you about two studies of friendship that came out um or were there were reported on while we were on hiatus The first one was in the Nature magazine and this This is a group that looked at 72 million Facebook friendships, and they came up with a really powerful conclusion. And listen to this, that for a poor kid, having wealthy friends is one of the strongest determinants of economic mobility later in life meaning that if you were if you were a poor a poor kid but you have friends that are wealthy you have the ability that that creates more opportunity for you to move up the socioeconomic ladder and it and it really points to the real world power of friendship and I mean, our, this is our 22nd year. We've been talking about w- women's friendship, and uh, for a long time. And I just find this so fascinating about the power of friendship, uh, and how this one thing having a having wealthy friends was a much bigger determinant than, uh, you know, than education or, or huh. family setting, that this was really important. Friends at different stages in our lives, think about it, college friends, work friends, mother's groups, running groups, these are really the important keys to, to really moving out, you know, rather than getting stuck at the lowest rungs of the of socioeconomic ladder, really moving uh, moving up because it de- decreases stress and it improve, and in many cases at work, it improves impo- um, performance. And friendships with neighbors, okay, can really help in tragedies or natural disasters. Think about that. If you live in a community where some people have re- more resources than others, that when a natural disaster happens, People are able to help out and help you stay where you are and you don't lose, you know, lose ground uh, socioeconomically. And that if poor, poor children grew up in neighborhoods where 70 percent of their friends were richer than they were, their future income would be 20 percent higher than their parts who grew up without these bonds across class lines.
1: Wow, that's dramatic! It is
0: very dramatic. It was I, so, but friendship across class lines is increasingly difficult. I mean that you know mm-hmm. whether it's gated communities or you just you have you you uh, have more isolation. You don't always have that opportunities. But this study study talked about there are certain spaces where you can have sort of cross class bonds. One are churches temples, some sports teams encourage this, Uh, certainly affordable housing if you have that in your community, colleges and universities can encourage this by who they accept into their programs you know the study said you can also take your kids to the free activities in your community in the parks at the libraries to really increase the bonds in your community certainly volunteer work as well can help you reach across class lines but i thought this was really just a stunning report and very powerful and we're going to put the link in the show notes thanks to liz
2: yeah you know it's interesting julie i read that too i mean this our society is more economically stratified than it ever was than it's been in modern times. So that is a challenge, but, you know, people sort of, they use the word privilege or they poo poo the word privilege, but it just goes to show that opportunity is just so important. And that anytime you're in an environment where the doors are open, there's more opportunity where you can at least have a vision of, you know, what opportunity can do. It does make a huge difference. It was a very interesting read, that study. So
0: I I would encourage people to read it and to think about it and think about what you can do in your own community to, you know, to really, uh, to reach out across class lines. I think that's important. The second study, you know, this is something that we have been preaching about just, again, the power of friendship and conversation and, but there was a report in the Wall, Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks ago uh, about, listen to this, sisters, the, uh, that if you walk with a friend, that is really good for you. If you you know if you walk and talk with your friend, you are actually do you know, it's been proven scientifically that you're doing well. That the combination of exercise, getting out in nature and connecting with other uh, people improves hormonal balance and it boosts your overall coping mechanisms to deal with stress, so, you know, so it affects your blood pressure and and your heart rate. So go take a walk with your friends. How about that? Can oh, wow. you believe my, that? I think
2: this is what Monica used to call science of the obvious, right? Yes, <laughs> it is
0: science of the obvious. It's something that we have always talked about, but now they've actually proven it. And it's right, okay? It, the re- there is a reason it feels good when you've like yes. taken a walk with a friend. Because yes. it feels good,
2: okay? Yes. That's the answer. <laughs> and even so many listeners take a walk with us in their ears, Julie. Okay, that counts. That Try absolutely that acts. I think we should
0: commission our own study. Uh, uh, I don't know how, but the impact
1: of listening to Satellite Sisters while you walk. Yes. Well, Julie, I think you're now the head of our Friendship Institute. So okay. why don't you you can okay. fund? A study. I can
0: fund that. Okay. All right. I'm I'm saving all this money on half and half, so I'll be able to um, to take that on.
1: All right. I wanted to mention a couple of book tour dates that are happening in October. Um, uh, uh, some of which were canceled dates from the spring when I got COVID others are fresh new dates and opportunities. I'm doing my best to put things back together, but it's not that easy. Uh, people have plans, uh, bookstores and things like that, but I will be, um, teaching at the Irma Bombeck writers workshop again this year, but this time in person in Dayton, Ohio, uh, October 20th through the 22nd. Uh, I was on the faculty, then I was off the faculty, and I didn't know if I could make it. And then they filled my slot, but they just called me last week. They'd like me to come. I'll be doing, um, it looks like two podcasting, a panel and a workshop about podcasting
2: so great.
1: but they have all kinds of great guests there lots of writers from different genres it's the focus is humor writing but uh also podcasting marketing uh you could do stand up it's really it uh, looks like it's going to be fun it's my first time going in person i did the online version two years ago when it was shut down from covid so i'm really looking forward to that i am trying to work with our um Dayton Satellite Sister Street team there to set <laughs> to set up a meetup. They were working on it in 2020. I reached out yesterday, I'm like Here's what's happening. I'm coming. So we're trying to find a, a time that weekend where we can maybe get together for people who are in the Dayton slash Ohio area. So, uh, but if you want to come to the workshop, please do. There are still slots open and uh, the link is in the show notes, or you can just go- Google Irma bombback Writers Workshop. Uh, also, I will be appearing at the Pequot Library in Southport, Connecticut. This is the reschedule from uh, May when I had to cancel on Thursday, October 27th. 7th so if you had already signed up for that you've probably gotten emails from the library but this is a new date so i'm doing a free talk at the library my hometown library or there's a there's a a vip package where it's the talk a book and uh, a cocktail party afterwards so yeah i know one of the pretty houses support the library
2: Yes. yes
1: Right. And the, the, yes, the money does not go to me. It goes to support the library. Thank you, Liz. Uh, that's, that's October 27th in the evening, six to eight 30 PM. Um, again, there's links uh, in the show notes, but also at leandolan.com. I'll put links all over the place. You do need to pre-register, even if you're going to just the free event. And then those of you on Long Island, uh, you know, I was going to appear at Theodore's. I'm still working on that, trying to work on a date to get in there, um, the weekend of the 28th and 29th of of october trying to get in but looking forward to it planning my travel now oh would I like go to dallas yes right? you
0: are land you're going to be in D- dallas in mid-october mm-hmm. mid-october
1: but the, i don't none of those dates are public but i'm doing a, a bunch of speaking speaking in dallas as well so maybe i'll get myself some more rugs while i'm there
2: <laughs> okay <laughs> just fill that away bag with some rugs But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Uh, Would you like to share? Would you like to? You know, I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing
1: See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or see a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's FrameBridge.com. Thanks, FrameBridge. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we <laughs> And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. All right, it's time for Entertaining Sisters, Leanne, Julie, and Liz here. Okay, we have had so many great posts on our facebook group lately i always say it's the nicest corner of the internet but it really is the nicest corner of the internet people are asking for travel advice or what do i do with old pantyhose or how do i get this bleach stain out of my dress i mean you know or they're you know talking about some more serious issues uh we just love it over there if you are on facebook and would like to be a part of the facebook group just search the easiest thing to do is go on facebook and search groups the satellite sisters you do need to answer the questions uh just a couple of simple questions we just want to make sure that the group is people who actually listen to the show Uh, that way it's just people understand the whole ethos and things won't spiral out of control we'd like to keep it the nicest (laughs) like the rest of the
2: internet yes
1: Okay. But I saw this post from Carol came in over our hiatus. It said, I'd appreciate some ideas on nice movies for my 86 year old mom. No explosions, no sex scenes, not too sad. Thanks for your help. All right. (laughs) So there you go. I think you'd all understand this and boy, did people respond. Movies Coda, All of the Cinderella versions were mentioned, the new versions, versions, the Drew Barrymore Ever After, which I think is a cute movie, music and lyrics. That's another Drew Barrymore masterpiece, a rom-com. Oh, I forgot
0: about that. That's a good movie. That's a cute one.
1: Sabrina, the Harrison Ford version, very charming. Someone put down the Mighty Ducks. Okay, sure. I mean- I didn't know grownups watched that movie, but great. Okay, yeah, Mighty Ducks, uh, Downton Abbey, right? Those two movies, just it's like more of same from the TV show. The Intern, that's a good one. With that's a funny movie. Robert I like that. Yeah, Big Fish is kind of a cult classic, so I saw that on the list. Babe, I mean, nothing wrong with Babe. <laughs> Always great. Uh, the Hundred Foot Journey is a very charming movie. I, I we recently watched that. Something like the Philadelphia Story, a classic, or Bringing mm. Up Baby. Those are all good choices. But Carol, I just wanted to give you an alternative, maybe, to keeping things nice and calm for your mom. (laughs) At one point, towards the end of my mom's life, Julie and Liz took my mom to the movies. And sisters, I'm going to turn this over to you because, Carol, in case you want to shake things up a little bit, (laughs) oh, for your 86 year old mom. All right. What was the story? what was the movie?
2: Okay, I'm going to set this up a little bit, but Julie has to tell the story because it was Julie's fault. So... The- <laughs> you heard that, right? So Right. We were... Our mom was, you know, it was towards the end of her life, but we wanted to take her out and go to a nice movie. And Julie heard that this movie, Magic Mike, was super fun and very <laughs> charming. And I remember thinking, well, it's about like a male stripper. Is that really like mom's (laughs) strength is that that really something mom is going to enjoy but julie's like no 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 i've heard it's great and we took her to see magic mike
0: okay so in my defense all right there were there were no other movies and our mom (laughs) that our mom loved to go to the movies so it wasn't like we were too like that we had you know, Sabrina wasn't the other choice that we turned down. And uh, Magic Mike, as you remember, was directed by Steven Soderbergh. And I, I've seen a lot of his, his movies. Liz, you, land you too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're fast paced. So yes, it was supposed to be about a stripper. But I just assumed <laughs> that the stripping part would be pretty fast paced. I didn't think. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's very slow paced during the stripping part. And. Our mom was sitting between us, Liz and me, and at several points in the movie, she put her head down in her lap and she was moaning because (laughs) it was so obscene. It was very (laughs) slow paced. Oh my gosh. It was so obscene. It was so (laughs) slow mo, so, so much slow mo. Uh, I, I mean, and we were there. We just were stuck. We we just couldn't eat. We kept saying, well, do you want to leave? Leave." I just, I, I will never forget the sound of mom moaning because she had just never seen anything like that. And to think that this was the last movie that she ever saw in her life. Oh, no. I'm let's
2: just say, Leanne, it was not really age appropriate. I think no, it wasn't. No, no, to really no. enjoy this. And you forget, Julie, but the very first scene in that movie is, like, an explicit sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> and we and just it, thought, that's right. Can we'll can just always, oh, yeah, that was just
0: the beginning. Well, it was going to get better. Didn't yeah, we tell her it was yeah. going to get better? Yes, yes. Can
2: I say the word three-way on Satellite Sisters? Because that's what it is, Leon? <laughs> oh and I was just sitting there thinking, well, I'm sure mom has no idea what's going on here. So that was the good news. <laughs> okay. So, Carol... <laughs> Uh,
1: i don't know consider it carol maybe i mean it's no hundred foot journey but think about it okay
2: okay Uh, yeah
1: last movie of her
0: entire life i have to say
1: i think about that Probably once a month, and it makes me laugh uh, for twelve years. <laughs> okay. So it's worth it on that end. It's a <laughs> <Okay>. you know.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I have a very different kind of recommendation. Nobody's going to believe any of my recommendations now anymore. But I would like to recommend. The Edge of the Earth, and it's on HBO Max. This is a four-part series chronicling four different groups of extreme sport athletes. So there's one group that's in Alaska, and they're on snowboards, and they're snowboarding down like the the most treacherous glacier in Glacier Bay National Park. The second group, they're in kayaks on a never-before-attempted trip trip, uh it down a river in ecuador the third group are climbers sort of they are doing free climbing off a peak in kyrgyzstan okay i'll come back to that and then the fourth group are server surfers like two big wave surfers i didn't know what big wave surfing is but you can watch this to find out off the west coast of south africa so these are the series is great, the photography is amazing. You, you know, the the athletic ability of the skiers, the kayakers, the climbers, and the surfers are, are just over the top. And how they film them in these incredibly dangerous places that were that are so remote, uh, where there are no roads, and and you know, the story really tells the challenge of getting there. So I would Totally recommend it. Also, because the third episode is featured in, uh, it's about Kyrgyzstan. This is where the home country of my daughter-in-law, Vera, and just absolutely spectacular scenery in Kyrgyzstan. So I would recommend it from that point of view. I would say It's generally good for the whole family. Uh, Many of the athletes do swear. They get upset and and swear when things go wrong. And a lot of things go wrong. So there is some uh, profanity in that. Um, But mom could have watched this. Yeah. It It would have been so much better than Magic Mike. Okay. That is called The Edge of the Earth. HBO max.
2: Okay. All right. On a related note, I want to recommend a movie, Julie, that I really think is the ultimate film for you and your husband, because as we have often mentioned on the show, your husband is a geologist. Yes. So whenever I see rocks as like the main feature of a story or the earth as a main feature of the story, I think, oh, these guys would love this. So this is a brand new movie that's out now from National Geographic and it's called Fire of Love. And it's the story of two French volcanologists, Katia and Maurice Kraft. So they're intrepid scientists and they are lovers and they meet early in their lives like when they're in university and they're both just obsessed with volcanoes and they spend their whole life um going to volcanoes filming them they became very famous in their era for books and films about what it's really like like inside a volcano and they would get unbelievably close to these volcanoes so close that that's how they died. And I'm telling you that, that's not a spoiler because that's the very first thing they they tell you in the movie is that they died doing what they loved. And then they share all of this unbelievable footage of lava and explosions and you know, volcanoes all over the world from Etna to Indonesia to Mount St. Helens and just really gorgeous. So, someone, so producers went in and they pulled a lot of this old footage of them not only the stuff that they had shot, like inside these volcanoes, but they became like super famous and popular on the talk show circuit, especially in France where they're from. So you see them on these like super intellectual talk shows talking about volcanoes, and then you see them in the mouth of a volcano, really, really fascinating. And uh, it's out in limited release around the country now, it would be like in smaller theaters, uh, but it will be on Disney Plus very soon. So I think if you're interested in volcanoes uh or scientists and how they work, uh it's called Fire of Love. And I think you would really, really enjoy it. Oh, thanks for that recommendation, Liz. The uh some of the stuff you can't believe how close they are, and then you remind yourself that like, oh yeah, that's why they died, right? Because that's what <laughs> right. they that, that's what they did. Uh yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Then there's another now moving into books. I just wanted to say a couple of weeks ago, Liam, I saw a tweet that you sent out about Jeanette McCurdy's book. I'm glad my mom died. It's a memoir uh, that came out this summer. And I believe your tweet was just something like, wow. Right. You just you loved it. I could not put that book down. I listened on audio.
1: I listened, it's a six hour audio book. I listened to the whole thing straight. Yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't stop listening. I found the story unbelievable.
2: Okay, so here's the thing. So I had, I have no idea who Jeanette McCurdy is. I didn't know that she was like a famous child star who was in. She was in the show iCarly, which I've never seen, but you were probably familiar with her from TV, right? From Nickelodeon. Oh yeah, I mean my sons were the iCarly generation, and that yeah. was a really
1: hot time for Nick Nickelodeon. They were just producing hit after hit, and I really liked that show. I thought iCarly was a very funny show. She played Jeanette McCurdy, played like this uh, the sassy best friend. Um, but I liked the show because I thought the the girls in it were great like they they weren't overly sexualized they had a web series you know sort of like a podcast at the time uh it was fun it was clever of course there were no parents involved ever the parents were mysteriously (laughs) living in another country so their older older brother was you know raising them but i just thought it was a lot of fun i like that show a lot yeah
2: so I didn't know any of that, Julie. I didn't know about iCarly. I didn't know about Jeanette McCurdy. I just started to listen to this book, Driving Home from Oregon, because I saw Leon Recommend It on Twitter. And I got to say, this is an amazing story. Even if you have no idea about who Jeanette McCurdy is or who iCarly is, it's just sort of a, a, the really shocking details of her life being Exploited by her her mother, by the business, um, and she tells it in this super dry way. So you're getting this super dry delivery of just some pretty shocking details of her life. Wouldn't you say, Leanne? It's like she just it's just. I'm so glad I listened to the audiobook.
1: Right. I mean, I clearly, she had done this as a one woman show. She stepped away from acting after a whole series of issues, uh, including the death of her mother. And she did this as a one woman show and then signed with the publisher. And I read a good story about her working with the editor to get that exactly that, but Julie, here's the deal. Her mother was a complete narcissist oh. and a hoard, hoarder, uh, pushed her into these, um, these auditions, uh, you know, she was taking something like 10 dance classes a week at one point, uh, no surprise. She developed a very serious eating disorder. Oh, dear. Uh, she developed alcoholism. She had some issues with religion and relationships, uh, and, um, and she's come through it on the other side, but you're right, Liz, she reveals these things that are I mean, that is just a tip of the iceberg of what she went through between ages six. And now she's like 31. It's not like she's old now. And uh, and she tells it very plain spokenly so Mm -hmm. that it just kind of comes out. She wanted to capture the idea that you were experiencing it as she experienced it. Yeah, sort of part of her life that she had no control over right that uh, she didn't think
0: this was her childhood so this is all she knows yeah right yeah. Yep. yeah yeah right uh, she
2: didn't know that this was very unusual and there are right. lots of parts of it the parts with her parents particularly her mother the parts with some of the people she worked with in show business and because i didn't know anything about her either i didn't know that she actually got on tv i so as it revealed itself to me <laughs> like i was totally swept oh. along by this story and right and fascinated. And then so last week when I downloaded this, this was she was number one on Audible and I can totally understand why. And it's a massive bestseller. But Leon, you were number three. So that <laughs> was pretty great you.
1: For one moment, Lost and Found in Paris was uh, right up there with Jeanette McCurdy and where Are those darn crawdads sing. That book is never going to get off the bestseller list. Um, here's the interesting backstory, though, Liz, on that. So uh, her publisher completely underestimated how popular this book would be. And they printed up 70,000 copies. And it was completely sold out within days. So now there are no co- hardback copies to be found. Ah. We're waiting. Uh, and it's so she's having to do book events where all the books are already sold. Like there are no book events, it's sold out. They just didn't understand how revelatory this story was or what she meant to this entire generation of young women or moms like me, you know, I was interested Mm -hmm. in her Mm -hmm. story and I think she, I think it just hit a tipping point because, you know, when she, I Carly was at 10, 12 years ago, that's when she was working on Nickelodeon. And in a million years, you would never talk to the press about, an emotional issue you were going through, right? Right. That was the whole point of this book is that she literally hid everything. She couldn't Mm -hmm. talk to anybody. She couldn't reveal anything. And that resulted in eating disorders and drinking problems and all kinds of relationship issues. But now we have a very different generation of young stars and young athletes who are willing to say, Hey, listen, things are getting really bad here emotionally. I need to take a step back. Mm -hmm. So I think I think young women and men were very interested in this story because this is the way it used to be, and it's just not that way anymore. So it's breaking all kinds of publishing records, and and like they just can't believe how many books she sold because they did almost no pre-publication press for it, Mm -hmm. very little. I mean, she did get a story in the New York Times, a big story, but other than that, like they didn't do the usual stuff, and people just are—they just want to hear this story and they they want to understand what she went through. It's a okay. great book. I it's a really well-written
2: book too. Really okay. well written, really well delivered um and just sort of uh like you just never know what's going on in someone's life. That's Right. Just, I, so I, true. Yes, Liz.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I will say this, I think the description of her eating disorder is so powerful and so real and so raw. So there's a trigger warning there for you, but if you're someone who has lived with someone with an eating disorder or thinks someone I I, I was one sort of the best descriptions of what is really happening yeah. with that and going through mm-hmm. their mind that I've ever read. It's just I, I from that point of view, I feel like I learned a lot about stuff. So the name of the book is I'm glad my mom died, which is controversial. But yeah. um you know when you read the book you're like yeah I get that I <laughs> yeah. get that yeah. I get that. So anyway it's 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 out. There are no hardbacks available but it's available at e-copy and audio right now. Jeanette McCurdy, I'm glad my mom died. I'm glad you enjoyed
2: it. I mean, I'm glad you listened to it, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Had no idea what I was getting myself into. And it just was (laughs) like, yeah. Sometimes those are the best stories. Yep. Yeah. So pulled along. Okay. Speaking of uh, eating, um, I know you talked about the TV show, The Bear. I think it was when I was gone, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But uh, I started to watch this when I had COVID and it was too exhausting. (laughs) Yes, that's what we said, too intense. This is like the most tiring TV show ever, so I had to quit halfway through COVID, but then I went back and watched it, and this is really a a fascinating TV show. It's just, it's super intense, and you know that it's really had an impact on like popular culture now where you see all kinds of memes about it on the internet because they, the intensity of what they're doing in that kitchen. Oh my God, just unbelievable. So Julie, I know you recommended it. I'm recommending it again, just because if you've got the energy, if you're feeling energetic, it just is like, it's such an interesting look at really any super intense workplace. Like if you think the work is driving you crazy and that it's not right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but all, I thought also all the characters in it were really interesting. And unique. yes. So which, which you don't see very often. Mm-hmm. So that's the bear it's on Hulu. I know it's been recommended. I'm just re re-recommended it. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is great. It, is, but you can only watch one episode at a time. You can't binge it, especially right. if you worked in a restaurant, you really have to, <laughs> you really have to watch it slowly, watch it slowly. All right, sisters. That's it. Our one billionth show. I mean, I'm <laughs> yes,
2: <perfect>. yes.
1: Congratulations
2: <laughs> to us. Yay. Yay. Congratulations to us. Uh, a big thank you
1: to the people that help us produce our show. Big thanks to Sergio Enriquez. He's our audio engineer. We're so grateful to have him on our team. Emily Loudermilk does our really fun graphics. Uh, thank you, Emily. We don't see these people in person anymore and we miss seeing them, but we uh we love having them on our team uh if you want to see emily's graphics the best way to do that is to follow us on instagram at sat sisters or subscribe to our newsletter pep talk will be fired up again this week i was taking a break to oh i don't know write a novel uh so uh, um that does sound so, relaxing yeah oh, so relaxing so <laughs> relaxing This still writing the novel btw uh but uh I'll send out the newsletter this week. So if you go to satellitesisters.com, there'll be a pop up, you can sign up for the newsletter there. That's a once a week newsletter when we're in production. Um, also lots of show notes and everything at satellitesisters.com. Lots of information there. If you're looking for stuff and go ahead and join that Facebook group, we would love to have you. All right. It's to do time. Jewel, what do you got on your to do list? I'm going to be making a mammogram sandwich this week. Okay. got to have that
0: medical test. It's very important. Nobody, you know, people don't love it. So I have booked, booked a sandwich where I am doing something pleasurable before and after the mammogram. Oh, so okay. how about That's that? I'm going to get my hair cut first, then I'm going to have the mammogram, and then I get to go to a tennis team party. Okay. okay. That's a mammo Sammy. Okay. <laughs>
2: Uh, Liz what are you up to well you know I mentioned that I was away for two months I was up in Oregon and I've also confessed in the past that one of my strong suits is not mail management um (laughs) oh no Liz so so I do have two months worth of mail I have to start oh Liz and because while I was gone, I had someone picking up my mail, both from the Satellite Sisters mailbox and my personal mailbox. And so when I got home the other night, I sorted it into piles. Mm. But now, but I haven't started opening anything yet. So I thought, well, just focus on getting the first show done and then you can open the mail after after we do the season premiere. So yeah, two months worth of mail. Wish me luck. Okay, I, I, I am happy to report that there's only one letter in there that's from the Internal Revenue Service. Oh, and, and that seems and, good. That's a separate cat. You have a separate pile for the IRS code. Yes. But. Yeah. And it 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 is not about our company, Mudbath Productions. It's about my other company. So <laughs> nobody, So you don't need to worry. And Diane Gray, if you're listening, you don't need to worry either. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, on my to-do list, by the end of the week, I'm going to be an empty nester. So I will be wow. cooking cooking dinner naked again. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. <laughs> With my caraway cookware, just just cooking Ooh. naked in the kitchen.
2: Okay, Woo! okay, chef, go after it. Magic, Leon.
1: <laughs> we're, we're the satellite sisters. Hey, sisters, have a great week.
2: You too, you too. Leon.
1: Don't forget to call your satellite sister.